You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. This is episode 86. Today on the show, I am joined by Jordana Levine, and we are talking all about the moon, astrology, and your menstrual cycle. I mean, come on, we all know that the menstrual cycle links in with the moon cycle, but do we really understand the moons? It's a question that I'm always asked around the different types of the moons, the different phases of the moons. Now, because I'm not an astrologer, I knew I had to get an expert on, and so I reached out to Jordana Levine, who actually runs the Lunar Love podcast, to come and explore all of this with us on this show. So Jordana, if you're new to her, is a best-selling author of Make It Happen and the host of three successful podcast shows. I know, three, I barely can do one. <laughs> With her background in journalism, she has built a reputation for taking big topics and making them relatable, digestible, and downright entertaining. Through her wit, warmth, and street smart practicality, she invites readers to get curious about the things that light them up. Jordana believes that aha moments are contagious and self-awareness is your greatest superpower. She currently spends her time writing from the sunny coastal town of Byron Bay, not very far away from me. Now, in this episode, Jordana and I talk about how and where to start with understanding the moons if you're discovering the moons for the first time. We also dive into how the average lunar circle works, the eight phases of the moon cycle, how star signs link with the moon and your natal and birth charts. Now, if you haven't yet done a natal and birth chart in the show notes to this episode, there are a couple of links, so be sure to check them out. We also dive into how to work with the moon's energy, the link between the moon and your menstrual cycle. That's the one everyone wants to know about, right? And menstruating and ovulating on the moon. Is there an important link between the two? Is there a moon that's more healthy and beneficial to on, to menstruate or ovulate on? We talk about that in this episode. Not to mention, we also talk about bleeding outside of the new and the full moon and what that can mean for you. So enjoy this episode with Jordana and I as we talk about the moon, astrology, and your menstrual cycle. This episode is brought to you by my brand new five-day Love Your Cycle mini course, a simplified self-paced course to teach you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in under a week. Receive daily educational class videos and audios along with action steps, a cycle tracking guide, cycle prompts, and my Love Your Cycle 50-page ebook. This is your chance to discover everything you wish they had have taught you at school about your cycle how to eat, how to move, honoring your emotions, and identifying PMS and cycle signs before they arise. It's now your turn to join over 300 women from around the world who have already taken this course to reclaiming and reconnecting with their bodies. And you can do this too in under a week and for less than a fancy vegan burger. To learn more, visit wellsome.com forward slash shop. Now, to say thank you for being an amazing listener of the Well Women podcast, I have a discount code for you. Use Cycle Love at the checkout to save 20% off. Jordana, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You are very welcome. This is a topic that we're talking about today that I've really wanted to start exploring with someone who knows a lot more about it than I do for the last, I'll say four years. 
And I get asked a lot of questions about the moons, especially because I work with the moon cycle. And so I'm so blessed to have you join us um, for this episode and open up all topics around the moon. So thank you. Oh, thank you. It's an honor to be here. And I love talking about the moon. So you picked the right gown. <laughs> Yay. Now, before we jump into it, first question for all of our guests is tell us what day of your cycle are you on and what are you checking in with and how are you feeling in this moment today? I'm on day 18 of my cycle. Um, so I've just kind of passed my ovulation period and I, I'm actually starting to feel a little bit of a wind down, to be honest with you. I've had this like real surge of energy that I usually get pre-ovulation and during ovulation. And I'm sort of, I can feel myself on the descent. That's the inner autumn yin definitely kicking in for sure, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because we've just had a full moon and, and we'll talk about it as we go through the interview, but I usually feel full moons very intensely and I felt quite disconnected to this particular full moon. But the energy of a full moon really is kind of the energy of what I'm feeling now, which is this kind of wind down phase, this like mm. period of feeling like it's time to go inside the cave for a bit. It's very transitional. I'm on day 17 of my cycle today. Ah, so I'm very close to you. Very close. And I'm very much feeling the, it's kind of like, the transitional yin phase where you're slow. I feel like I'm slowly stepping in where I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to take child pose a little bit more in the yoga class today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but tell all of our listeners, what is it that you do and how do you know so much about the moon? It's a, look, it's a really good question because I don't know what I do half the time. I look, <laughs> I tell people that I am a writer because that's what I am. First and foremost, I'm a writer. My background is journalism um, and I worked in magazines and TV and radio for oh, almost 15 years um, until I went out on my own. And I worked, I actually worked primarily in food publishing, which is very different to what I do now. But very different. when I, when I left corporate, um, I really had, and I had to start work, work working for myself, I really started to tune into my own natural cycles. So the cycles of my own body, but also the cycle of the moon. Like it just felt like a really natural, easy cycle to follow that made sense. Um, and it was just personal. It was just what I was doing for myself. And then I had a few friends who were like, oh, what, what is it that we do at this time of the month? And what is it that we do at that time of the month? And so I started sort of this like email that went out to people and then it went, you know, from 10 people to 20 people to 50 people to thousands of people. Um, and I started writing, I started running uh, new moon events in Sydney and uh, that was in 2016. And I ran them every month until 2000 and beginning of 2019. Um, and then I moved up to Byron Bay and I took it all online. Um, but yeah, it was one of those things that kind of just came from my own fascination in the moon. And then it kind of grew into this thing that I realized everyone was really interested in. And I think the thing that kind of set the teachings that I uh, teach around the moon from other people is that I bring a really uh, practical approach to it. So I try not to make it too woo-woo. I want people to be able to digest the information and apply it to their lives. And that's kind of the mantra that I use for all of the work that I do. So I've written two books now and the first one's about manifestation. Second one, which is coming out in January is about dating and relationships. Ooh, I yes. 
same kind of thing. It's like, how can I take the spiritual aspects of things, but really apply it in a practical way? Because at the end of the day, you know, it's great knowing about the moon and how it works, but if you can't actually apply it to your life, then the information is kind of redundant. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. Now, before I go on, when this book comes out about dating relationship, we need to have you back on the show. I would love that. Um, to share about the book and the aspects because that's definitely a topic that we love to cover. So keep that in mind. Um, I always feel that when I started learning about the moons when I was studying ancestral health back in 2014, that I was Googling, like, what does this moon mean? And how do I understand this moon? And it comes up with this chart. And I've, immediately I think of like math C at school, which is like the hardest maths now. I wanted to study fashion out of school and I was told I needed to study physics at school to get into fashion because of CAD, CLAT, like all this stuff to do with pattern making. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, To be able to like understand the lines and the pivotal points and all this kind of stuff, you needed to know physics. And I was like, I just want to be creative. Why do I have to do physics? Anyway, when I look at these moon charts, I have a better idea now about of them, but back then, especially even the last few years ago, I would look at them and I'd be like, Oh, so much to understand. So I love that you mentioned about bringing a practical approach to the moon because you can get really in depth and in tune with it scientifically even too. But if it's not practical and you're not going to apply it to your life, what's the point? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I look, I'm the same. I studied astrology and I found the, math side of it and the physics side of it really full on um and it i felt that i was getting lost in the information so that's why that's why i created lunar love of the podcast because i really there's just so much information that you can extract but there's only so much that people can handle day to day and so i try and take the important stuff that'll make a difference to their week or their month or whatever and and share that and, and give them practical ways to use the information as well. And if you haven't, because you're a podcast listener listening to this, if you haven't yet checked out the Lunar Lover podcast by this beautiful lady, is you need to. I'm going to have a, a link to this in the show notes because, um, Jordana, your, your ability to share it, such a practical, simple podcast episode about a really big topic of this is the full moon or this is the new moon and this is how it's linked to this particular sign it's so simple and I love all the ways that you bring in analogies to apply it to life. So that's how I actually, I found you. And um, we mentioned that before we hit the record button, but if you're wanting to learn more about the moons on a a moon basis, definitely check out that podcast. Um, You're already a podcast listener. It's super easy. I'm subscribed. I I get a little notification about it. Super short, like 10 minutes or something. Oh, I like, I'm just going to listen to this whilst I'm stretching, eating my breakfast. It's perfect. So I, I really, yeah, thank you so much for doing that. You're welcome. <laughs> so how, for everyone listening, if they're on this um, journey of wanting to understand astrology a little bit more, like where's the starting foundation for discovering the moons? Like what's the first thing that they need to know? Look, I think just knowing how an average lunar cycle works. Um, we are cyclical beings and I'm sure all your listeners understand that. um and i think you know as important as it is that we follow our menstrual cycle it's the most personal one to us there's so many cycles taking place in the universe yeah so everything in the universe moves in cycles 
and every cycle has this waxing and waning period so that's how the moon cycles in its wax and wane but we also wax and wane you know and the sun will rise and fall and the tides will ebb and flow and it just keeps going and going so um what was the question <laughs> where to start so uh, let's, oh, where to start? yeah yeah because there's so many things that they can yeah, so get attached to so recognizing that it's a cycle and look i just say to people if it's all too much as long as you know that when the new moon is out which we can never see because it's dark but when it's <laughs> a new moon you've got this beautiful 14 day part of the cycle which is your waxing it's the waxing stage of the cycle and that is like, that's the time that you dream big, you take action, you give, you know, it's a very sort of um, from inner to outer type energy. And then once we hit the full moon, where the moon is at its fullest, we slip into the waning phase of the cycle. And that's when we start to wind down and we start to retreat and we do more yin yoga and we take some time to ourselves and we do less of the doing bit and more of the being bit. And so, you know, you could liken that to your menstrual cycle. You could liken that to the way that the day works. You know, the sun rises and we do and we act and we're out in the world and then the sun starts to set and we settle down and we retreat inside and we get ready for sleep and then we slumber and then it all starts again, you know? So we are totally cyclical. We're absolutely cyclical. And I think if you want to follow the moon, that's the best place to start is just thinking, okay, like first, first and foremost, absolutely. How do I feel? How do I feel? But then secondly, what's the energy around me? Like what is the energy of the moon at the moment? And what is it asking me to do? And if I was to align myself with that, would that feel nourishing for me, you know, and sort of testing it from that perspective. So that's, absolutely the first place I would start and then if you want to get a little bit deeper into it you start to look at the astrology of the moon so what zodiac sign the moon is in at the time of its newness or its fullness um, and that's when it starts to get interesting because it can affect you on a more personal level than say your friend or your sister or your mum you know because there's parts of your individual natal chart that are going to be inflamed or nurtured or whatever it might be by that particular moon's energy. Mm, these are such, my mind is buzzing with questions. <laughs> Help me. Um, these are such great topics because let's go back to the moon. You mentioned about the waxing and um, the, 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 waning moon, the waning moon. How do you pronounce it? Waning, warning? Yeah. Like, I, I think it depends on where you live in the world. Probably. <laughs> um, but that's going to be my question is about the Northern Hemisphere versus the Southern Hemisphere. Because yeah. I know that, um, you know, obviously we're looking at the same moon, yeah. but we're in this different part of the world. Yeah. So does that change when those moons are actually being seen? No. So we, we will all experience the same new moon in the same full moon mm -hmm. and exactly the same time. Um, but of course, time zones will change the physical time that we're seeing. Yes. So, I mean, I can't, I can't think of any time zones off the top of my head, but say we're experiencing this full moon we just had. I think we experienced it at like 3.22 in the afternoon. And then in London, they're experiencing it 10.22 in the morning. Yep. You know, but it's still happening. It's the same, the same moon 
It's just we're living in different time zones. Because when you think about it, so I used to get I used to get locked into the minutiae of like different hemispheres as well. But if you think of it like in the grand scheme of things, we're really talking about a huge planet Earth and a huge moon and a huge sun, you know? So like in the scheme of things, it doesn't really matter where on the earth we are. Oh, it's the same as even if you just draw it back more localized that okay, if, if you're in different states and you have slightly different time zones, like so in Australia, we have the Western um, coast and the Eastern coast. Yeah. The Western coast is two hours behind us. The moon is either going to be at 10 a.m. for them and 12 noon for us, or it might be at yeah. 6 p.m. for them, which is 8 p.m. for us on the East coast. So like, yeah. then you just make it bigger and bigger and bigger. But what yeah. about those half moons, that waxing and morning moon? Like, are they, do they change based on the Northern or Southern hemisphere or do they stay the same? It's the same. It's the same. Um, I'm pretty sure though, and you're actually catching me out here, but I'm pretty sure it's the perspective of how you'll see it. Okay. So it's, so it's still like, the, like mirrored or flipped. Yeah, it's flipped. I think I'm pretty sure it's flipped, but mm. you're still getting the same energy. Yeah. Um, and it's still, you're still experiencing it from a waxing side or a waning side. Yeah. This is a really great example on why to not be attached with the moon so much when you're getting started with understanding the moons. Like, don't get attached to that. Just get attached to the fact that it's a cycle. Now, absolutely. Yeah. you have mentioned to me before outside of this recording that there's multiple different types of moons, not just the two moons, the full moon and the new moon, and then we have the other half moons. There's eight phases to the moon. Is that correct? Yeah. So I think it's also really important and I catch myself saying this as well if we there's only one moon like there's only one moon <laughs> I love we're that. Just seeing we're just seeing different phases of it um so yeah there is there's eight phases um and I'll list them out to you they're not going to mean anything but it's just I guess the importance of knowing the phases is that it's part of the cycle it's the in-betweens you know Mm. and the in-betweens are just as important as those i call them the show ponies you know like the new moon and the full moon the show ponies that's (laughs) such a great analogy but every phase has its own magic and its own energy you know Mm. so we've got we've got the new moon as we kick off the waxing stage then we go waxing crescent first quarter waxing gibbous full moon then we go waning gibbous third quarter waning crescent new moon perfect yeah (laughs) there's so much misconception around all of that so thank you for clearing it up you're welcome now so i'm going to just guide us through this whole episode of like the next stage so once you kind of understand that stage of the moon then where do you go so now that we know the full and the new new moon we know the different phases and stages of the moon the next thing you mentioned was about the astrology and linking your signs with the moon. Now, a lot of people are very unaware that they just kind of think that their star sign is just the star sign of the month that they're born in, but there's these other signs too, right? Oh yeah. So let's start with what those other signs are, like your natal signs. Okay. And then let's go into the astrology of the moon. So start off with natal signs. (laughs) It's a lot. So if this is all just going over your head, just let it sweep over. Like, don't get too bogged down in it. Just like a wave in the ocean. Let that cycle straight over you. Wash over you. Um, The first thing I recommend everybody doing, there's a million resources online, is to find out your natal chart. 
And to find out your natal chart, you need your, your date of birth, which we all know, but you also need your time of birth. And the time of birth is quite important uh, because there's certain uh, planets that move very fast through the solar system. So depending on what time you were born will depend on where that planet was at the time of your birth. Um, like for example, the moon sign, your moon sign will move. Um, I think it's like every day and uh, every yeah day and a half to two days and your rising, which is the ascendant line that can change every couple of hours. So it's really important that you know what time of what time you were born in order to have mm. a really accurate natal chart. <laughs> I'm laughing. Cause I know that when I did this a few years ago, I was like, mum, what time was I born? She's like, well, I think it was this time, but I can't really remember. I was like, come on, this is the most important part of your life. How can you not remember this? I know. And it was like 3.58 a.m. or something. (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny how many people, how many, um, I say mothers, but let's say parents. I mean, dad's got a part in it as well. Should know what time you were born and just don't. It's so funny. I think there's so much going on at the time. Um, My mum was heavy into astrology. So she made sure that she wrote it down at the time. Don't care um, about the sex. Tell me what, <laughs> time, what tell was the me time. What time it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so once you know your natal chart, um, and a really fun way to figure it out is there's an app called CoStar. Oh, yes. The CoStar app. And you put all your details in and then it brings up your chart and you can share it with your friends. Like you, ha- you make friends on CoStar and then you compare charts and you see if you're compatible and it's, it's really fun. Um, but what you really need to concentrate on when it comes to how you're going to feel the energy of a particular moon, and we'll talk about the individualized energy of it, is looking at your sun sign, which is the sign that we all know. It's the time of the month we were born. And so we're in Virgo season at the moment. So if you're born this month, you're a Virgo. What star sign are you? I'm, I'm a Libra. Oh, beautiful. And my moon sign is Pisces yeah. and my rising is Virgo. Okay, interesting. Mm. So I'm a Gemini sun, so fellow air sign. I've got a Virgo moon and I also have a Gemini rising. I've got lots of Gemini. It's very intense for everybody around me. I've heard, I've heard that in one of your podcasts. Yeah, it's a lot. I've got five I've, placements in Gemini. It was one of the moons was in Gemini and you're like, okay, I'm really feeling Gemini everywhere right now. Yeah, it's it's... It's, I've got a, quite a messy chart, so I'm quite lucky that I understand it so I know how to uh, deal with it. Um, so what you, wanna, astrology. <laughs> yeah, you want to look at your sun, your moon and your rising because they, they basically affect your personality quite a bit. So your sun sign is how you express yourself. Your moon sign is sort of like your soul and your emotional self, how you feel on the inside. So for you, Jam, you're a Pisces. You've got a Pisces moon. So... You, you will be quite um, reflective and dreamy and sort of um, feeling like you can get lost in fantasy sometimes, you know, like, but that's the, <laughs> you. That's the you on the inside, you know, mm. and then you on the outside, which is the rising, which is how people perceive us is Virgo. So for you, it's very grounded and earthy and practical and, you know, got all your shit together kind of vibe. It's totally true. Because people see me online or they run into like last weekend I was at the markets and, and a girl who listens to this podcast and follows me on Instagram ran into me. She's like, oh my God, you just have so much going on. You have all your shit together. I was like, dude, it might look like that. but It's not really the truth. Yeah. 
So, so yeah, definitely yeah. Virgo rising. So there are our three most kind of personal um, placements. And so when it comes to how we feel under a certain moon, then there, that's a really good place to start to see whether we're going to feel it more than others. So what does that mean? For example, we just had a Pisces full moon. So Pisceans, whether it's sun, moon or rising, are likely to have felt the energy of that moon more than, say, me. I didn't really feel it as a double air with a Virgo moon. In saying that, maybe why I woke up with so much energy and I've been very reflective of, yeah. hang on, is this their shit that they need to work on or is this my shit? Oh, this is my lesson. I'm triggered here. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. And then the other thing, I mean, there's so many ways to look at it. And this is why I'm like, if it's washing over you, let it wash over. Other water signs, so Cancer and Scorpio, are likely to feel a Pisces moon because it's quite a familiar energy to them. Then at the same time, if your chart is Virgo heavy, so you do have Virgo and Pisces, Virgo is the opposite sign to Pisces. So Virgo can feel very uh, kind of jarred by the energy of Pisces. It's sort of like... I'm not familiar with this. This feels really weird. I don't like it. You know, it's kind of chalk I, and cheese, the Pisces and Virgo relationship, I feel. Well, it is. Um, and there's, there's, so every sign has its opposite sign. So for me, the opposite of Gemini is Sagittarius. So I've got my own issues with the energy of Sag, but also Sag people, you know, like it's this sort of like complete sort of back and forth all the time. So yeah, there's lots of chalk and cheese throughout the whole Zodiac. But that's why it's really hard to say, oh, how am I going to feel under this particular moon? And that's why I started Lunar Lover to say, well, this is what might come up. And this is the way you can start to work with the particular energy of a moon. Um, and if it resonates with you, great. And if it doesn't, that's also fine. You know, it's just kind of being aware of what we're working with at the time, I think that's helpful. And it's a great example that every full moon, you're going to have a slightly different energy basis and expression and feeling because we're cyclical, just like Absolutely. the moon and the lunar cycle is cyclical as women, particularly we're very cyclical beings. I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by the Well Women Academy. Well Women Academy is a weekly membership where together we study menstrual cycles, holistic health, and how to reconnect with your body. Every month, our Well Women access members-only self-paced educational content across a wide range of formats, including written, audio, video, and guided home study. Led by myself and other pioneering guest teachers, together we cover fields of ancestral health, Ayurveda, sexuality, sensuality, holistic health, and lots more. This is your chance to join an international supportive community of women to discover your cycle, your body, ignite your inner intuition and illuminate your life. It's like no other in the world. Not to mention, it's also cheaper than your daily coffee fix. Learn more and join us at wellsome.com forward slash academy. That's W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E dot com forward slash academy. If someone's listening to this, um, Jordana, and they are very interested in like, well, how do I work with the moon's energy? Yeah. What are three really great, easy, simple, practical ways that someone can just work with a new moon energy and a full moon energy? Absolutely. So I always talk about manifesting with the moon because I think that the cycle of the moon um, is, is built for manifestation. And you have a book about it. And I have a book about it. So 
basically um, new, the new moon is when we set our intentions. It's a time when we sit down and we go, okay, what do I want to create in this next lunar cycle? What, what, what future do I want to create for myself basically? And then as we move through those waxing phases, the, those first four stages of the moon, we start to take action. It's very much the doing part, like I said. So if we set our intentions on the new moon, we've got this beautiful like 14 day period to start taking action on those intentions. And then when we get to the full moon, it's very much about surrender and releasing and letting go, which is a massive part of manifestation. It's like we can create and we can do and we can take action and that's half of it, but we also have to have faith, have trust and let go and know that the things that are meant for us will manifest for us and the things that aren't will melt away or, you know, die away or whatever it might be. So they're my two, like two top points for working with the moon is setting your intentions on the new moon and writing down things that you want to release and let go on a full moon. And that ritual looks different for everybody. Um, you know, I hold, so as part of Lunar Lover, the podcast, I've got a membership, Lunar Lover membership. And basically we run a new moon circle and a full moon circle. So on, in those circles, we're doing these different kind of rituals around the moon. So we're setting intentions on the new moon and we're releasing and letting go. Um, and almost, it's almost a purge of sorts because when you can let go of the things that aren't serving you on a full moon, by the time we get back to a new moon, there's all this space that's been created to mm. create more, you know, because if we're constantly in this state of manifestation and creation, where are we going to fit it all unless we're sort of clearing out the stuff that's no longer working? You know, there's nowhere for it to fit. So it's really important to be doing that clearing work as well. It is so true. And the there's two analogies that I was kind of thinking of when you were describing that. The first one is if you're hiking and you're carrying a bat, like a big backpack, like you're backpacking through the Himalayas. Yeah. If you want to get to the peak, the, like you need to let shit go so that it's lighter for you. Your journey is lighter. Yeah. And the other um, about like packing it all in and giving and doing more and creating more, it's kind of like eating food and not pooing. Yeah, yeah. You need that cycle, that digestive cycle, like what comes in must come out. What comes in must come out. And for anyone who's ever been constipated, it's healthy to poo as much as you eat. But if you keep eating and you're not letting go, and we talk about poo a lot in this podcast, but if you're not letting things go and releasing, where is all the food going? Yeah. It's creating, like literally it builds up as armor, as they would say in Ayurveda, which is toxins and this toxic load, which is build up and build up. So it's healthy to let go so that you can allow in. Absolutely. I love that you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. So it's exactly the same with the moon. Mm, beautiful. Now, um, when it comes to the moon's energy that we've just covered, what about the moon's energy with a lunar cycle for a woman, like a menstrual menzies cycle for a woman? Yeah, look, I, I don't like to... I, I can liken it in terms of energy, but this is not to say that your menstrual cycle should be matching up with a particular part of the lunar cycle because I know from personal experience, I, I bleed on a new moon at the moment, but I haven't always been like that. I used to bleed on a full moon and I actually prefer bleeding on a full moon. Energetically, it feels more aligned for me to be releasing during the time of releasing on a full moon. 
And now that I'm bleeding on a new moon, which I know according to Ayurveda is the time to be bleeding, I it doesn't feel aligned for me at all, to be honest with you. So the first thing I want to say is don't hold yourself to what you should be feeling or how you should be bleeding at a certain time of the lunar cycle. But the energy of the lunar cycle is very similar to the way that we're feeling during our menstrual cycle. So for example, let's say you are bleeding on a new moon. This is the time where we're writing our intentions, but we're not necessarily taking action on them yet. So during those days of bleeding, which I know differs for everybody, but let's say what, like five days is average, is it? Three to five. Three to five. Yeah. That's the time where you're sort of setting intentions. You're dreaming. You're sort of like, what do I want to create for myself? Like what, what, what am I, um, you know, what are my plans for the next couple of weeks before I ovulate or whatever it might be? Then we move into those uh, sort of those first two phases of the moon in between. So we've got the waxing crescent and um, then we get to the uh, first quarter. And at that first quarter, that's where we're sort of at the stage where we're like, oh, you know what? it's time to take action. Like it's time to do, I've got all this energy and I kind of liken that, I guess, to like that pre ovulation kind of period, like mm, in a spring follicular phase. Yeah. 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 And then you move to the full moon and it's time to retreat a little, like come back a little. And I guess that's one once we're in the luteal phase, right? Like when we're mm. sort of winding down a little bit and we're like prepping as we that's move. Where into we are currently. Yeah. So we're prep. Yeah. We're about to prep to head into our bleed again, you know? So it's all very similar, that waxing and that waning, you really can apply it to the follicular and the luteal phases. They're very, um, the, the energetic system of them and the meanings of them are very, very similar. Yeah. And it's very similar in how the sense of there's eight phases of the moon. There's actually eight phases of the menstrual cycle. I purely just focus on the four, but the, the extra four are the transitional phases. So you have your winter, then you have your spring, and then you have your autumn, and then you have um, or your summer, and then your autumn. But then you have this little window, and I call this like, you know, when you bake a cake, and um, I ran a, a live call on puberty for um, a period in, periods in puberty for parents, and I always teach kids about the menstrual cycle like a cake. And that when you just cut a piece out, that's a little piece, but there's still a whole piece of the cake left. That's a cycle. But you know, when your mum's like, oh, just have a sliver. She really means a big piece, but she just has, she just gets the sliver, right? Um, But the sliver part of your cycle is the transitional phase. The one to two or maybe three days where you're crossing over from winter to spring. And then you're crossing over from spring to summer. And I actually like to make them an extra four parts of or four phases to the cycle because they they can feel very different to the actual spring phase itself the transitional phase and that's very similar to the moons yeah how you're transitioning from the new to the full and you've got those three moons in between or those three phases between each of the the, absolutely yeah i don't want to call the dull but or the empty because the opposite of full is empty but you know what i mean new moon and and full moon but what about like what's your thoughts actually on we've spoken about menstruating on the full moon versus menstruating on the new moon every woman menstruates differently like Mm -hmm. i'm the same as you right currently on the new moon or in the the cusp of the new moon 
um, six months ago, I was like all over the shop, man. <laughs> I was like on the full moon and I was off the full moon too. But what about the women who are currently menstruating around those quarter moons? I Look, I think it's fine. The thing is, this is the thing, like unless you have a 29-day menstrual cycle, you can't sit at the same spot in a lunar cycle. Exactly. You know, and I, I mean, I've got a pretty standard 28 day cycle, but I, depending on how stressed I am or what's going on in my life, I can have a 35 day cycle, you know, and when I have one or two of those, well, I'm completely off the moon. So yes, I'm I'm so sorry. Cause I said before, I used to bleed on a full moon and now I bleed on a new moon. It tends to be the way it works for me, but bleeding in those in-between moons, I mean, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. it. No, nothing wrong with it. I do think though, there is a lot to be said about having light when you sleep and the reflection of the moon and how that's affecting your body. I know Mm. um, I live up in Byron Bay now, but I grew up in Sydney. And I lived in this apartment for 13 years in Bondi. Wow. In my like mid to, oh, sorry, early 20s to like early 30s. And there was this light on the apartment building next door that was not on a sensor. It was just on all night. And it used to just Ouch. shine through my bedroom window. And even when I had the blinds down and curtains, I could still see it. And my cycle was so off when I was in that apartment because my body thought it was full moonlight the whole month, you know? So I do think it's really important that if you can be getting that natural moonlight coming in, it will affect your cycle in a really positive way. And you will likely sync up with the moon, with bleeding on a new moon. There is so much, like you've just opened a can of worms around this topic. Um, when I studied ancestral health, they teach about the healing principles of Gaia, so Mother Earth and the moons. And a lot of the listeners are very in tune with Yoni work. And we've had a lot of guest teachers um, join us for the, the podcast episodes around Yoni talk. And one of them is, or one of the rituals is Yoni sunning, like sunning your Yoni, getting out naked, laying in the grass. If you want to go to the nude beach, you can do that too. And just sunning your Yoni and using the forces of nature to supply and, you know, literally restore you. The moon is the same, but because we generally sleep at night, mm. we, we miss that opportunity and we forget that the moon can be just as powerful as the sun. And they teach in ancestral health that particularly through winter, especially through winter, sleeping with your window wide open and allowing natural fresh air actually helps with the yin and yang channeled energy systems for that season, your outer winter phase of the of the year but also it helps with respiration like so it helps you with your um your your breathing system so it clears your airways because the air is cold and fresh it actually helps you not fall sick yeah along with other good things like digestive system and a good immune system but in all in all the moon can be super powerful and i was just saying before we hit um record that it was the full moon last night and for me, I woke up very early this morning and the full moon was beaming in through my window and animals, we are animals and we forget that we literally can vibe with the moons. And I yeah. love that you mentioned that about how the moon can impact your sleep, but also your, the light can impact your sleep. So having a dark room, ideally natural light, that's why we actually feel so much more refreshed and restored when we go 
camping or we sleep out in nature. Absolutely. And I I would suggest everyone just camp more. If you don't like (laughs) camping, go glamping. (laughs) Very true. Um, But these are such great topics. Thank you so much for sharing on all of them. Now I do have a final question. Hmm. Um, When it comes to understanding and you may or may not know anything about this, but what are your, how do I word this? What's your insights on fertility and the moons? So not just ovulation, but actually conceiving and conception um, around any phase of the moon. To be honest with you, I, I am not an expert on this at all, but I will say that the womb itself is very similar to mama moon for sure. Um, And when it comes to conception, I mean, again, like concede whenever you can, my friends. Um, (laughs) But, you know, if you're synced up with the moon uh, and say we're we're synced up with the moon, really we would be conceiving on a full moon, you know, when the womb is full. Mm, So, but but in saying it, I, I, I do not want women to start to freak out about, when they're ovulating and if it's in line with the moon, because really it doesn't matter. It only adds more stress and more pressure, which then impacts the health of your menstrual cycle. Yes, absolutely. So priorities are really important. Now, unless you're just living off the land, you have no stress at all, no relationship stress, no financial stress, no work stress, no body stress. Maybe, maybe that might align for you, but don't add any extra stress to your life. I teach this inside the Well Women Academy too. And I have a whole class on understanding the white and the red moon in reference to ancestral teachings of bleeding at both times of, um, or for each moons and the benefit of both for all community and, um, and women. So there's so much that we can learn about it, but, um, Jordana, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. We are almost out of time and I do have a final podcast question that I ask all our guests. Okay. And the question is totally switching gears. Um, but I want you to think back to your younger menstruating self. So when you Mm. first got your, your, you were going through menarche, your first period, what do yeah. you now know about your cycle that you wish you had have known when you were a young menstruating teen and tween? Three things. Oh God, I wish I had prepared for this. Um, look, I rejected it big time. So I wish I had known the power of accepting it. I feel like I wasted, I'm trying to think how old I was when I got my period. Isn't that bad? I don't even know how old I was, but I would say probably about 13. It's not bad that you don't know, especially if you grew up in an environment where it wasn't fully supported or talked about and you did reject it mentally. You've blocked that part out of like from you. So that's not bad at all. I know. I just thought I would remember the age. I was young. I was not, uh, it wasn't later, but it wasn't super early. Yeah. I think I was about 12 or 13. Early high school. Um, But I had, I rejected it for a really long time. I had very painful periods, like very, very painful periods in my youth. Um, and so it was just a time in my life where I dreaded it. I rejected it. Um, I still tried to do everything that I could do at the other times of the month. You know, I wish, I wish there was just more education around it back then. There really wasn't. Mm. Um, I'm 36. There still isn't. No, I will, but it, but Uh, in schools, you know, in schools at least. Yeah. 
Yeah, in schools, no. But there's books now that people can read. I've been reading um, Lucy Peach's Period Queen. Have you read that? I haven't read the book, but I've heard about it. There's, there are a lot of books out there, yeah. Yeah, we, um, we share a publisher. So they sent it to me the other day and it's just such a great read. And I thought, oh God, like if I had read this as a teenager, I feel like I would have had a much more easeful experience. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank and you so much for sharing. Mm. I guess I guess the other thing is I wish that I had understood the power of it in terms of reproduction. Like I think we kind of, we sort of separate ourselves at a really young age from the fact that our bleed really is part of the reproduction cycle, you know, and, and eventually like if we nurture it and we look after ourselves, that's going to impact our fertility later in life. Like I wish I kind of had connected those parts at a younger age. It's a, it's a very uneducated part um, with education for youth of teens and tweens and future menstruators is that we learn a lot about the period side and the tampons and the pads and now menstrual cups, but there's a whole ovulation phase and stage of our cycle that is not often taught about apart from the don't fall pregnant, use condoms, yeah, go on this type of contraception. Um, and it's all about informing and educating. And so, yeah, that's what I do in, um, in my, my second business, The Blossom Project. So, oh, so much to talk about. And thank you so much for sharing about your personal experiences with your own menstrual cycle. Oh, you're welcome. Um, Jordana, thank you so much for joining us. I've loved this and learning more about understanding the moon in a better way and how we can use the moon to our advantage, tap into its beautiful source. Awesome. Well, it was such a pleasure being on the show. And um, like I said, I always love to talk about the moon. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Now, before I let you go, how can our listeners um, find you? Ah, good question. Mm. Um, they best place to hang out with me is on Instagram. So my handle is at Jordana Levine. Uh, my website, which is just getting a makeover at the moment, which I'm very excited about is jordanalevine.com. Um, and then my podcast. So Luna Lover, the podcast um, you can find it on all good podcast apps. And I also have another podcast that I host uh, with Holly as a party called The Middle. And we talk about spiritual topics, but also reality television and really like junky stuff as well. We talk a lot about astrology on there um, in a really fun, witty way. So, yeah. Amazing. Well, I'm going to pop all those links in the show notes. And um, be sure to tune in, guys, and head over and say hi to Jordana over on Instagram. So thank you so much again for tuning in and thank you for being a guest today and sharing all of your moon wisdom. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag Well Women Podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle. 